0: You're drowned by my perfect fire, my perfect life. Hello and welcome to the Lanky Guys. We think that we're just in disguise, but it's not uh, true. We're for real.
1: We should showing up with lots of seaweed eels. Well, wow, I thought you were going to go with seals. seals. But you elongated it to seaweed eels, <laughs> which I, I commend. I really, you know, my I, hat is off to you, sir. D- dude, what what was that? Was that like a children's song? Was it freestyle rap? Was it? That's what we called a cold opening. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Word in the Hill podcast with the lanky guys. This is Scott Powell.
0: Wow, dude. I, and my name is beauty Peterbusset, and I have allergies.
1: <laughs> you uh, sounded pretty good all day. Yeah, I know. I know you didn't sleep well last night. Though, Man. So my, d- okay. my condolences. Okay, I, here's my question. All right what
0: possesses a group of college students to decide to set off large munition fireworks um uh, now that school is done at the beginning of summer in the middle of the night
1: do you really need an answer to that question no I don't okay. I, as I was asking that question yeah I started
0: like I, I I don't need any answer I think to you that. just
1: needed to vocalize it right and now you have and now we all get it
0: yeah man this is uh this is wild we, the word on the hill the hill is quiet Apparently not last night. Well, no, no okay, yeah. I'm just. <laughs>
1: it's like <laughs> <laughs> literally. Just I can't win about... for losing, man. Well, so be it. Which is you like... know who else couldn't. What? Paul and Barnabas.
0: That's right. Uh, the fifth Sunday of Easter. Yeah. Our first reading is Acts fourteen twenty-one 21 to oh, 27. Oh,
1: hold on, hold on. I got a couple shout-outs, shout outs, if, if I may. Shout it all out. The first shout out that I want to make is to, and th- this I actually, both of these I actually meant to make a couple weeks ago, but with the Easter season, <gasps> oh, everything's man. been hectic and yeah, lots of stuff going dude, this on. this is a good one. But I want to give a shout out to Brian Baker down in Athens, Ohio. I think he's from Chicago, but he goes to school at the University of Ohio, um, which is where Matt McCartney went. Oh, um, awesome. He would speak all the time about how much he loved Athens, Ohio. Yeah. yeah. Go Athens. Okay. Anyway, Brian just came into the church uh at Easter, the Easter vigil this last Easter. <laughs> five, we- 5 weeks ago now.
0: Jeez. Yeah, and he sent us a letter about the uh, uh, Brian thanks for sharing the significance of the podcast and yeah. and um and the fl- flirt and convert that went down. And- <laughs> You know.
1: On that note, a shout out to Claire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know who you are. Yeah. No. Uh, but welcome to the family of the church, Brian. We are thrilled to have you. I also want to give a shout out to Molly Tynan, who is doing the good work for the Lord down in the district of Columbia, Columbia, who is a faithful listener, a Coloradan. Yo, yo. So shout out to Molly. So up, Molly. Is You're it gonna, with a I or a Y? Oh, I, I believe it's with a Y. I don't know Ooh, what I hope, it is. I, I'm, pre, I'm 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 eighty-eight percent sure it's with a because
0: well, I'm celebrating a wedding for mm. Molly with an eye. That is with and an Danny, eye. Danny, yeah. I'm doing Danny their with, rehearsal. Without an eye.
1: Yeah, Danny with
0: a Y, <laughs> Molly D- with an I. Yes. Oh, Ooh,
1: that's... I might have to do that in the homily. Oh boy. <laughs> You're welcome, Danny and Molly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be a fun wedding. I'm excited. Yeah, for that.
0: that is gonna be uh, that's gonna be good times, man. We're bring all Holy the kids ghost. to that one. Yeah, there's something just really, really wonderful and generous. There's about to be focused missionaries, some they are.
1: Fifth Sunday of Easter. Did I say ordinary time? Fifth. I don't know. I'm just trying I to did. Move I did. I said,
0: okay. It is the fifth Sunday of Easter. That is also, true. Nathan says Saint
1: Celestine the fifth day. Oh, is he the the Celestine prophecy? No, guy? he's not. We <laughs> oh, have
0: already actually discussed this. Kidding. We normally don't have discussions about anything before the podcast, but Scott kept on insisting that this was the this this road guy wrote a book. Called no, a, I did not insist. He, he was that. insisting. I said
1: maybe he was he was hijacked and placed <laughs> in that.
0: Oh my gosh! Our first reading is from Acts. A-X-E, oh, Axe Body Spray, gosh. chapter 14, you can set your watch 21 by to 27, game.
1: dude. What was it? 14, 21 through 27. Okay, good. Our <laughs> responsorial storm. I like that
0: you said it just in case I didn't say Well,
1: it. I spoke over you. I apologize. And so for all of us who didn't hear what you said. Oh,
0: man. You were uh, axing out.
1: Mm, axing out. Acting out. I, I get it. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Our responsorial psalm is from Psalm 145, verses 8 through 9, 10 through 11, 12 through 13. And the response is from 1. You almost never get it from 1. Straight up. Jumping in. One, 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 one. Do you know what?
0: What? Um. The, oftentimes they do this thing where they take a verse and then they retranslate it differently for the uh, verse than they, they do, do than the body. And I always It's a little frustrating. Me.
1: It's just slightly rearranged sometimes.
0: Rearranger. Okay, uh, second reading is from Revelation mm-hmm. twenty-one, one to five. A. Eh? Why do I always like saying it? I have to sing Revelation because of Bob, Bob Marley. Marley. I know, and like this is the thing is that, yeah, I mean, dude, we need <laughs> we need more songs just with
1: like scripture titles: Exodus, Revelation. Yeah, I totally agree. Although I don't know that there is a song called Revelation.
0: I actually don't think there is. I actually think that reggae-ish. I, uh, I think that uh, Bob it sounds
1: Marley... reggae-ish though.
0: Revelation:
1: A man standing
0: with a sash on his chest and a lamp stand behind his
1: head. Ah, ah. <laughs> that was two weeks ago. Right? Wasn't that the the? the, I mean, I'm I'm commending you. My tone my tone didn't convey my excitement. I think think I'm going to write a reggae song, and uh, and it's going to be just you could just put John put Revelation to music, just what you just did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. read it, yeah, in that style.
0: All right. And he trumpeted behind my head, write down what you see. Have we said John yet? The gospel reading is
1: from John chapter thirteen, verse thirty-one through thirty-three A, and then thirty-four through thirty-five. Okay, so we're only going to talk about verse thirty-three.
0: It, it's go. It goes like this: one, three, three, one, three, 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 four, three, five.
1: That is complicated.
0: That's like a lot of weird. If there was a two in there, man, we would have a lot of numbers going on.
1: We would have so many numbers. Okay, Even so as it is, we're
0: into the Acts of the Apostles, chapter fourteen. Paul and Barnabas, man, we've like, have you ever noticed how much we pay attention to Paul and Barnabas and their journeys? Um, I mean, do, yes, we do but... liturgically a lot where it makes sense, though, like the, <clears throat> the the church is always trying to figure out like what? OK, A, what happened two. and B, that was very effective. And like they they really ha- like they were under like they really were like the um first wave. I mean, it was like it was like first wave ska, you know, can I can I just read the
1: two verses that precede this? Nope. Have you? Re- well, okay. Of really? course you can. What are you talking about? Can I was I- just gonna do it, but yeah, I don't know. I, know. I, I give but, credence to your. I my my no. You're funny, funny. My funny, so, funny. <laughs> but but where it just just because where we're thrown in again, yeah. context is everything. That's half the podcast is context, right? Yep. Um, where we're thrown in, it says after Paul and Barnabas had proclaimed the good news to that city. And made a considerable numbers of disciples. They returned to Lystra and Iconium and then to Antioch. Antioch, uh, in Syria, which is home base for them, right? That's where things started. Yeah, isn't this
0: the moment where they like tried to declare them a god and then they ran away and quite, went to the uh, other Quite the, uh, the, the place. contrary.
1: Oh, okay. Let me read to you, in fact, what happens. I, I'm actually thrilled that you said that, because it couldn't be much it couldn't be more of the opposite. So basically, yeah, the, you
0: like to prove me wrong?
1: No, no, come on. It's just funny that you said okay, that because what it says is, now, when the Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there, so remember, this is sort of coming off of last week, okay. where they were in the other Antioch, Pisidian Antioch, up in Pisidia, up in, uh, in uh, Turkey, Um, which is not home base, but it's the first missionary journey. They're up there, and they were preaching in the synagogue, and all of those people came and flocked to hear them. And certain of the Jewish leaders were really mad and angry about that everybody was listening to them, and there was probably jealousy. You remember that whole thing last week? Yep. So it says, now Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there to where they were, having both persuaded the people and stoned Paul. They dragged him out of the city, and they thought that he was dead. Oh my gosh! So they like went for it. Yeah, they took him. They stoned him. Now they tried. Oftentimes in the gospel, you always read about they tried to stone Jesus. People get away. They're like, and they get away. Paul didn't get away. He got stoned, dude. Which by the way, they dragged him out of the city and left him for dead because they thought he was. And actually, interestingly enough, and I can't remember what the word is. Dang, the same word. Oh, it's it's syrene, syrene. Um, the same word that it uses there in the Greek for they dragged Paul yeah. is actually, interestingly enough, the same word Luke, Luke uses when he describes what Paul did to the earliest Christians, when he would drag them out of their house and stone them, remember, as a persecutor of the early church, which is interesting that the language is exactly the same. Paul is having happened to him what he did to the earliest Christians. And now he has this insight of like, Oh. And and who knows what's going on in his head but there's probably some level of like, oh wow, now I understand mm. their responses to me. Why they were so strong and they could take it. And they they, you know, they they um they understood that there was something bigger than what I was doing to them and it probably really ticked Paul off at the time right. that he was trying to kill these Christians and persecute them and do all these things and they just were so resilient. And now he's living it. He's literally embodying that same thing. So it, it's less of a I don't, it's not really a, you know, what goes around comes around kind of a thing. It's more of like, oh, I'm living it now. I understand now. So they drag him out of the city. They leave him for dead. It says, but when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up and guess what? He went back into the city. Like, I'm going to go back in guys. It's cool. I mean, really? And then they left. The next day they went with Barnabas down to Derby and they took off. He's like, all right, let's go to the next place. And that's when they go and they're rejoicing and they're like, everything is awesome. Oh, yeah, I just got stoned merely to the point of death. But it's cool and it's... It's like, hey, it's okay. They just knocked me out, you guys. And it's fascinating that that's kind of where we're thrown in here because as we're thrown in here, it does sound like, oh, man, everything's going great. This is awesome. Things are working, right? Things are clicking. Church is moving ahead. (laughs) But it is. Things are clicking. The church is moving ahead. But what is it? Is it Tertullian who had that famous line? The blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. Right. That's how the church grew. For better or for worse, that is what God either chose to use or used in spite of the best attempts of the evil one to try to squash this church. That is the means through which it grew. And Paul, now you get the impression he's getting this. He's like, ah, yeah, I get it now. Which is
0: cool because uh, in this age, I mean, there's a a lot of Christians being killed right now. We have
1: martyrs on martyrs on martyrs. It's true. But I think we forget like how bad and how much courage – Christians across the world and our brothers and sisters have and are standing up against things. So I, I'm acknowledging, yeah, there, there's some suffering we, we deal with yeah, here. Yeah, it's like, I might get a bad... But we forget... Something. The, because we, we read a gospel, like or we read a, a scripture passage like this, and we're like, oh my gosh, this is so foreign to us. right? But for so much of the Christian world, this is not foreign at all. This is simply day-to-day, which which is significant that what Paul goes on to say... So they, they go back to Antioch, their, their home base, Syrian Antioch, and it says they strengthen the spirits of the disciples and exhorted them to persevere in the faith, saying, it is necessary for us to undergo many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. He's, he gets it. He's like, no, this is this is the path laid out. And he understands that this is the path laid out because this is the path that Jesus went on. Right. And so if we want to follow Jesus, we have to follow Jesus. And sometimes that entails following him into some pretty ugly places. Right. But he's going to carry us, and he's going to bring us out. And Paul can be like, Actually, guess what? Death didn't defeat... They thought I was dead. Guess what? It didn't defeat me. Right. What's the worst they could do to me? They could kill me. Well, then I get to go be with Jesus face to face. There's this real... The the church is starting to, to undergo this realization that we literally... If we believe what the Christian faith teaches is actually true, and I mean this for all of us, we actually don't have anything to fear because nothing can hurt us that won't ultimately be glorified. You can't do anything to it. Yeah, you stone me. If you if you stone me to the point of death, I'll go see Jesus face to face. If I happen to make it, I'll get up to preach another day. That's how Paul thinks. And he writes about that later on. And he says it in Philippians or Galatians, I think. Something like that. You know, if they kill me, then all the better. I just go to get to go and be with Jesus. And if they don't, then great. I get to keep doing my job. Sticks and stones may break my bones, mm. but names will never hurt me. And sometimes it's all three. Actually, sticks and
0: stones will sometimes kill you. And mm. names can actually really damage and traumatize you it's
1: absolutely true so yeah I so, don't mean to diminish suffering no I you're, not. You're, uh, not, did you're not I sound no like, no okay.
0: no I mean like this is the thing is you're tr- what you're trying to say is is encourage people right because I'll tell you maybe we're actually even being listed cute <laughs> maybe we're being listenedcuted in one of them lands uh <laughs> no maybe we're being list- listened to in a persecuted ah. land maybe the, the, actually somebody right now this is a lifeline to the The truth of the scriptures and is encouraging them and and I'll tell you what stand mm. up, get up, stand up for your rights. Oh, oh my gosh! No, I know. Really? No, I know it's so bad. Oh, it's like it. The, the, what? Actually, I I did that on purpose. Okay, because you you uh, cliches do not serve the the truth of human of human persons. Like yes. we have to remember that as Christians, we cannot just give cliches and mm. pious platitudes to say, no, no, like, like this actually is like, sometimes like the truth from the depths of what's real inside of us Mm -hmm. uh, is absolutely the only thing that's sustaining. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so like in Jesus Christ, we, we're doing this, to proclaim his name around the world, to get global, you know, yeah, and and totally. I mean, like, and I mean, get global. I'm not trying to get global. I'm just trying to actually say something that's not stupid.
1: Think globally, podcast locally. Yeah. So um, can I can I just read the, the tail end of this real quick? Because yep. I, I had a, it hit me with a particular ethos. We, we got to keep morning. going on the acts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. But it hit me with a particular ethos, and I don't know. I don't even know if what I'm about to say is going to make sense. Okay. But I'm going to say it anyway. Um, so yeah, so they appointed elders for them in the church with prayer and fasting. So basically this is, okay, these things happen and we kind of got the zeroed in on story. There's there's preaching, there's real listening and hearing, there's ears being opened, there's hearts being converted. There is persecution because of it. There's threatened, people being threatened by the gospel. All these things are happening, right? And they come back, and they're like, this is what happened. People are are encouraged, and they're inspired. So then we get to the kind of nuts and bolts. So they appointed elders. They start establishing churches. The hierarchy is growing. It's becoming a church. It is growing and is thriving. Right. Um, with prayer and fasting, they commended unto the Lord. They put their faith... They traveled through Pisidia. They reached Pamphylia. After proclaiming the word of Perga, they went down to Attilia, where they went to sail. Uh, from there, they sailed back to Antioch, where they had been commanded by the grace of God for the work now accomplished. And when they arrived, they called the church together. Where they reported what God had done to them and how he had opened the door done with them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. This, <laughs> I don't know how to describe this. this. This sounds like the end of some epic movie, any movie. Where at the end they're like it tells you like what everybody did after that you know what I'm talking about oh, like the yeah, movie yeah, ends yeah. they're like after that point they want you know so and so went on to become a high school football coach and did, you, yeah. you know what I mean it I almost totally sounds like that it. it has that yeah. ethos yeah yeah after that they went on through all these cities it's like the quick summarized version but basically what it's saying and we're not even close to the end of Acts I, I, the
0: apostles I actually had the um the uh, Empire Strikes Back moment when um they were uh, they were celebrating on Endor. With uh, yeah, with C three PO. That's and, it, man. You know, like I like, but but yeah. Totally. Th- then you I take the pause. Hamilton. You had Hamilton after
1: Hamilton gets shot, and it tells you all the things that happened then after that. <laughs> it's yeah, it's that just somehow that was the genre. This sounded like to I me. love that, which is kind of great because that's always like a really inspiring point in the movie. We're like, oh my gosh, this climax has just come, and now we're just going to give you this little hint, this little insight. And they're like, but look, it kept going, it continued on, and. Look, it's it really
0: beautiful in and um in structural terms in the story what we call that is the new equilibrium mm. so it so okay, yeah what, what that. happens is is it self-revelation that. overcomes the weakness that yeah. exists and then there's then there's actually a new equilibrium equilibrium so then this so what happens is self-revelation of the churches is, is that the door of faith has been opened to the gentiles to the gentiles yes and 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 like and like we say like oh Hold on. We've been waiting for worldwide blessing since the promise of Abraham. Since Genesis 12, literally. And, and so, yes. so, 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 like, what happens is that, is that like, literally, this is a denouement, and they like, but we're seeing that this is the new equilibrium. Yes, yes. Worldwide blessing is absolutely possible, and we've set a pattern so that you can actually know. Yes, the, the, it is necessary for us to undergo mm-hmm. many hardships to enter
1: the kingdom of God. But, but we're that's how the, the blessing world. comes about. Right. But that's the whole world. That is the means to the fulfillment of the promise of Abraham. you got to imagine that Paul, who's the greatest Jewish theologian of his time, is putting all these pieces together. Yes. And saying, oh, I'm, we're doing this. And, and, and being the greatest theologian, he just understood
0: the story. That's yes. all, like That's all that we're trying to do here and we want to invite right. you in is we got to understand the story exactly. and how this right. fits in the, the, the whole.
1: Yeah, and thus, the only appropriate response, and you can almost, again, I I feel like I've been doing this every week, but you can almost hear, as Paul is telling the story and preaching the narrative to all of these churches he's beginning to establish, all of these far-flung places he's traveling to, going back home to Antioch, telling the narrative, hey, you gotta, you got to hear what happened to us. Look at what God is doing. Look at how the church is growing. Look at how this is different than we all thought it was going to be. God right. has totally done something new. And them all sort of saying in response, Psalm 145, I will praise your name forever, my, my King and my God. What is the only proper response to looking and seeing the fruit of the work of God in the world? I will praise you. I will praise your name forever, my I King will and my God. praise your name forever. When we got that email from Brian my who came king into the church, right? This is the appropriate response. God. Oh my gosh, this person had this experience and he met these people and, and the podcast played some tiny role in helping him understand this whole thing. Oh, praise be to God. I will praise your name forever, God. Like that's the appropriate response when we hear that narrative, which continues on every day, right? Which is why the psalm fits here, because the Lord is gracious and merciful. He's slow to anger, great of kindness. The Lord is good to all, compassionate toward all of his works. I will give, uh, uh, all your works give thanks to you, O Lord. All your works give thanks to you. What, What are his works? Well, all of those Gentiles to whom the door of faith is now opened, they're now giving thanks to God. They're now echoing the same psalm that all the Jewish leaders were echoing, and what the apostles and the brethren and the women were echoing on Pentecost Sunday when they're all recognizing this stuff and their eyes are being opened and they're seeing, oh, this is how the story is going to play out. And now it's playing out in this whole new way. And Mm. so the works of the Lord, that is all of us who were not ethnically part of the family of God. The door has now been opened to us, and we get to enter into this refrain and speak it
0: yeah, it's like this. I mean, we talk about it in the church, we talk about how there's a primacy of being and, uh, and, and the primacy of being m- means that, the, the, that the dignity of existence, the dignity of being is before the work. And so what happens is that um, we get introduced to the being of someone by their works. It's kind of like, you know, you say, wow, I really like this podcast. I really love, um, which one, not this one, whatever podcast, you know, like, uh, this American life. I love listening to this American life. And, um, and and what happens is that over time you like you understand the work that uh, Ira Glass is doing to make the podcast, but then there's something compelling about his being. Mm. You, that you actually no longer merely want to know the works, but you want to know the, the the one themselves. That's like that's actually why like like I look and I see like the splendor and the glory of the world that is. I see the works. All of the works praise God. But the truth is is that I want to know the maker of the works. I want to know that that which is actually. Mm-hmm. Actually, privacy. I, I want to experience the being. I'm not actually satisfied merely with the painting. I want to know the man Van Gogh.
1: What's funny? I listen to I listen to a lot of NPR when I drive into work and stuff. And sometimes I, I float around to other news stations, but NPR for some reason in particular, I always want to go back and look up what the people's what the people's voices look like. I want to see their faces. And like like This American Life. I remember the first time I listened, I was like, "What does I regret? look like?" Right. And there's something about. Getting that little piece of something that just makes you want more of I want to know the fuller picture. It, it's like VH1 behind the music. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's it.
0: <laughs> you know, you, you're, you're like, I want a fuller picture, but that's actually where like, I'm going to praise your name forever because not only have I known your works, which are, give praise to you, but now I've been invited to know your being. Yeah. And that's, I think it leads mm-hmm. us into revelation.
1: And how do you know his being? It's by knowing his works. I mean, you can't separate one right, from the other, which right, is kind right. of the beauty of it, right?
0: Like the person in act by uh, John Paul II. If you want to actually know what the, the person, person, the person in act is actually a more technical uh, term. They've they've renamed oh, the book. You saw fancy, Nova fancy, fancy. philosophy, shalasible, uh, <laughs> philosophy, <laughs> 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 Those little Adam Sandler. <laughs> Dude, I I've been reading philosophy again. I've been Good. I've been getting into some Jacques Maritain. Ooh, wow! Yeah, art and scholasticism, phenomenal.
1: Um, wow yeah I know it's- I've got nothing to say to make fun of you <laughs> <laughs> you've you, you stumped me <laughs> 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 um, oh I was just going to say though but but what did you say? What was the point of The person made? and act. No, and before so, that.
0: Primacy and being. Yeah. And you know that you, this thing is, is the inseparability of the act and the person. Or yeah. like you know the person through the acts, but that there is actually something. But still the primacy of being really does exist.
1: Well, and the fact that you can't separate. These people who are coming to faith through the word and the works of Paul and Barnabas can't fully separate that revelation of God from the person of Paul and Barnabas. Right. There's something in the preacher and the, the messenger that actually conveys the message because mm. God actually is present in the messenger as well. Right. And there's something beautiful about that. Right. Right. Um, yeah. We could so, probably go off on that.
0: Well, and so, in revelation, so in revelation, John saw a new heaven and a new earth and the former heaven and the former earth had passed away and the sea was no more, which we're getting close to on this earth. Um, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, we're, we just uh, acidification of the ocean is actually something that's really upsetting to me Yeah, because I've been like struggling with the pH of my aquarium. And, like, I understand the effect of low pH in my aquarium in a way that, like, has mm. brought the gravity of what was happening on a global scale in, wow. in a way that I, I could have never imagined. Wow. So, like, I don't know. It's just really interesting. So, um, sea was no more. And I saw. Well, in
1: uh, Revelation, that's a good thing. Right. And which is the opposite of what.
0: Yeah. I just love yeah. coral. And, I don't, and like, the Great Barrier Reef is going away because of the acidification of, yeah. of the ocean. And that makes me really sad.
1: Yeah. Well, it'll be back in the New Heavens. and it, Well, maybe not.
0: Yeah. According to, according <laughs> yeah. to this. Uh, but the
1: sea, for the Jewish people, the sea always represented threat. It was always sort of seen as the domain. The sea and the desert, the wilderness, were always sort of seen as the domain of the evil one where he well, hung out. Well, this is the thing. is That's that what the, this means symbolically, though. The ocean is still... I mean, Pretty threatening. We, yeah. Th- we had a four-hour
0: um, deep drench... Uh, Deep trench, Mariana Trench was um, uh, had a dive for four hours. They invented a new submarine. Were you on just it? about no about two weeks ago? And he spent really? four hours down there. That terrifies me. No, like that
1: gives me the heebie-jeebies deep, in a big way.
0: Deepest point on Earth, and um, I mean, but that's exactly what I'm but, trying to yeah, get. No, at. you're right
1: though. But I mean, I, I'm so happy that I actually had the visceral response that you were looking for because yes. it kind of freaked me. out.
0: Because that's what we're actually trying to get at in the yes. experience of what the
1: seas really meant. And how Jesus is now the master of those things. He always was. Mm -hmm. But you do get the impression in the Gospels that Satan has usurped a little bit of domain of some of these things. You
0: usurper. And
1: and God has allowed it for a temporary period, right? He has allowed um, Satan to sort of be in... I hate to even say the word Satan to be in control because he's never in control but Jesus really does defeat something that's real. I mean that, that's that's the thing we have to acknowledge. If Satan didn't really take some authority on this earth that was not rightfully his, then what Jesus is doing is just kind of paying lip service. Right? right? Death really did need to be defeated. Evil was a real reality right that had tried to take us that had to actually literally be defeated. It didn't just appear to be defeated. It really was. But so these things that are threatening that are it's why in the gospel of, of Mark in particular, The same formula Jesus uses for casting out demons and healing the sick, he also uses to deal with weather. Because he's trying to show, no, I've actually reclaimed all of this thing. All of these things. Illness, the demonic, the weather patterns, all of it. I'm rebuking and taking back because they are mine. Mm. And that's all, you know, kind of being evoked here in John.
0: And And then Jerusalem is coming down out of the heavens like a bride adorned for, I mean, like a a husband adorned for her bride as a bride bride adorned adorned for for her husband, husband, which is really interesting because if we're talking about the ocean and the, and the, uh, the kind of chaos of things and the, 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 um, like the sea, this kind of ideas, we have this contrast of what a city is. A city is, is the, is the cooperation between peoples for the encounter of the other person. A city. You don't go to. Okay. You don't go live okay. in a city so that you can be alone. No. You go into a city although, to
1: actually be, encounter. Although a lot of people will tell you that is the modern experience of city life. Right. Which is the 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 distortion of what is real. Yes. Right. It's actually funny. I. I when I did my master's degree, I actually, I focused on this passage from my master's thesis. And at the Augustine Institute, we had to give like a, a vocal defense of it. And I remember getting in, like it was, you know, the professors were supposed to ask questions and kind of grill you. And I remember getting in a really interesting conversation during it with Sean Interest about this. And, you know, I was talking about the, the role of nature in all this. And he was pointing out how interesting it is in Revelation, and it goes on from here and into chapter twenty-two right. that the the eschatological vision, the end times vision, right, the new heavens and the new earth, it's this interesting fusing and mixture of the garden and the city. Mm. And we, you know, we we get very confused in this day and age of this juxtaposition between them. Is it nature? Or is it man-made stuff? Right. But the scriptural vision, the eschatological vision, is a harmony. Between the city, the works of man, what we've produced, and the garden and nature. So it's a city with rivers running through it and fruit trees sprouting and all of this, you know, all of these wonderful things because it's mankind living together in the polis, right? In communion with each other, in city life, in buildings with families, with all of this stuff that is good, But it's also the world of nature fully integrated and fully a part of it. It is not one or the other. Mm. But the vision of Revelation is actually really fascinating in that way. But two things I want to point out, and this is one of the soapboxes I get on, because we have such a misunderstanding and and kind of borderline heretical vision, a lot of us who are Catholics, of Uh what the afterlife is supposed to look like. Almost never, almost never, with some exceptions, Almost never eschatologically does the Bible talk about us going off someplace. So we always have this vision of the end of the world and like the end times when we're all kind of float off into heaven someplace. That's never how the Bible describes it. The only exception is Thessalonians – where we float off into the clouds. We're taken up, we're raptured up into the clouds, but we kind of meet God as he's coming down in the middle. It's halfway. Right. But all of the scriptural movement is always of heaven coming to earth, the new heavenly Jerusalem descending down. Jesus is coming back. All of the movement is not us floating off to the clouds, as is sometimes kind of the wrong-headed, I think, vision of the afterlife. We'll all just float up to the clouds and be angels and sit on clouds and play harps and whatever. No, the afterlife, the the eschatological vision of what God is doing is removing the veil that always separated heaven and earth so that we can see reality for what it actually is. The new heavenly Jerusalem, the new heavens and the new earth. We see reality for what it is. When we receive the Eucharist, right? Every time you go to mass, my son just received his first communion. So I've been thinking much more um, concretely about this. And my son struggles with concreteness of things. Um, It's one of his, you know, his... his, um, just the things that, that he's working through in life. And I am thinking about the concreteness and the idea that, you know, when we receive the Eucharist, we're actually receiving the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus, but we receive it with a veil over our eyes. We don't see reality for what it is. And God has allowed a veil to be placed over reality for a time, but there will come a time when the veil is lifted from that and we see it all for what it is which is the eschatological vision. The veil will be lifted between heaven and earth, right? We'll see the world as it actually is. What God has been doing, what he's been up to in our lives, all of the unseen angelic stuff that's happening around us at all times, we'll see it. Um, But... The reason I thought this was a significant reading for this week, so it's pointing to a lot of things. It's pointing ahead to the reality of the church. The church is the new creation. There is going to be, this world will pass away, but it will also be resurrected, and there will be a new heavens and a new earth. That's Those, those are all true. But in the context of these readings, John says, look, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And the reason I thought this was significant, and I hope I'm not taking it too far, but I'm just reading another level to this, Paul is, in a certain sense, looking and seeing a new heaven and new earth in the sense that I thought the world was one thing. I thought the whole nature of heaven and earth looked like this, the family of Abraham, this ethnic reality, the people of Israel, the role that we actually have in the world. And now I looked and I saw a new heaven and earth that was actually filled with a bunch of Gentiles who had the door open to them. And now I saw reality has been changed, at least from my eyes. And God lifted the veil that I had over it. And I saw the church for what it is, which is why I could endure the stoning and the near killing, because I saw reality for what it really was. Mm. And the false reality, the veil wasn't able to get me anymore because I saw it. Right. So you can almost imagine, again, on a totally different level, Paul saying, no, for me, the former heaven, the former, the former earth had passed away, and I saw it for what it really was.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's like the truth of the Beatitude, Um, blessed are the poor of spirit, for they will inherit the earth. Like, there's a certain sense, and you say, no, I I actually grasped this. Right, I'm going to be poor in. in I don't get it, but I can
1: grasp it a little bit at least.
0: Right, like like there's that moment when I'm just totally free, and where all of a sudden everything becomes mine. Like, and like uh, that's actually
1: like a beautiful experience. Yes. Um, yeah, now, which is interesting because we go into John 13, Now we go to, which is the famous scene where Jesus washes the disciples' feet, which we actually don't get here. No, we just get to put abstract. it in context. But to put it in context, that's what's happening here, which is important, I think. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. There's lots of glory going on. Doxa. Yeah.
1: Doxa. Which th- this whole scene. So what it said, again, it's a, another little shorty passage from John. It says, so We wash their feet. All of the narrative around that takes place. And then Judas left. He took off to go betray Jesus. After Judas left, Jesus said, now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. Notice that he doesn't say, now the Son of Man will be glorified. He's about to be glorified. All these things are happening. It's interesting the verb tense that John chooses to put in Jesus' mouth or that Jesus says. Now, Judas just left. Now the Son of Man is glorified. And you could read it as like, oh, finally we're rid of him. Now the betrayer is finally gone and I can be glorified. Or you can see, now I'm about to be d- betrayed. My betrayer has ta- taken off to betray me. The betrayal is taking place. Now I'm glorified. Which goes takes us back to the first reading. Right. Where they're like, no, the persecution is the glory. That is how we are glorified. Because... And it's not. This isn't. I've always struggled with this. My whole Catholic life, or the whole, I do The too. whole of I still, my life that I've I still been. Still struggle because we have this concept that, or we wrestle some of us with this whole concept of how suffering relates and is suffering just good because for suffering's sake. Suffer, the church doesn't value suffering for the sake of suffering. Yay, suffering. No, suffering is just suffering. But it's when it's united with Christ and when it's revealed for what it can actually do for us. So Jesus isn't just happy. Oh, finally, I get to be crucified. Yeah. It's not that. It's that in the suffering, I'm going to be able to take the mask off the evil one. He will be exposed as someone who is not who he claims to be. Right. It's like a Scooby-Doo episode where they they rip the mask off the villain (laughs) at the end. You knew it was you meddling kids. Uh, You know what I mean? That's in a certain crude (laughs) sense what the passion is. It's Shaggy ripping the mask off of the evil villain and saying, (laughs) that's who it was. It was Mr. Jones all along. You know what I mean? Yep. But in a certain sense, that's what Jesus is doing to Satan and to death and to evil and to suffering and all of it. Look, it can't get you. It's this scary boogeyman under your bed. It can hurt you. It can bruise your bones, right? It can create real trauma. But ultimately, I'm bigger than it, which is why he's glorified in that moment. And it says, if God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and God will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little while longer. You're only going to see me a while longer. This is is coming to a head. You don't get it yet, is in between his words. You don't get it yet, but you're going to get it. I give you a new commandment, love one another as I have loved you, which you've heard that a million times. Love one another as I have loved you. Right. But he doesn't say, he doesn't say the old commandment was love one another as yourself. Right. Which is not what Jesus says. He doesn't say love one another as you love yourself. He says, love one another as I have loved you, which is leaps and bounds over how much I love myself. Right. He changes it completely, which I've never, I think that merits some reflection, right? Right. Because we've, we've, we've dealt, you know, the, the, the world had dealt for so long with love one another as you love yourself. But no, it, it's not that. Love them. Because you might not love yourself, or you might struggle with that. Right. Or you might fall short in so many ways. No, no, no. Try to love one another as I have loved you, which means completely give myself no holds barred, no consequences, no at risk everything. Right. That's how you are to love, which right. ups the ante tremendously. That's the new commandment. Right. It's really interesting. I,
0: I was thinking about Candy Crush because I enjoy that. Um, <laughs> I enjoy it. <laughs> there we go. Playing C- Candy Crush, and and I was like, I was like, if I had one piece of advice for Candy Crush players, mm. it would be, um, it'd be like, always use your power ups immediately. Okay. Yeah. D- d- never, never hold off oh, and save Got them it. for yeah. a rainy day. No, just <laughs> use them right now.
1: That's it, man. R- right, right. Risk everything right now. Which, if you think about it, so he says, uh, uh, as I have loved you, loved one another, this is how they will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Not just if you get along, if you're nice to each other, no, if you risk your lives for one another. If you risk everything. Why why did Paul make so many converts on that mission? Because he risked his life to the point of death. Yes, to the the
0: stoning, just to to inaugurate them into the divine
1: reality. And we saw the fruit of it. Right. They're like, "Oh, something in that mystically opened their eyes." And right. said, "No, this is it." Right. This is how the world will know that you are my disciples. Right. If you have not just love for one another. If you have another. that kind of love for one right. another. Yep. And Paul just demonstrates, "Look, it works." Right. It actually op- it, it it does it. It does the trick. Now, there's going to be some side effects too because people will get angry at that as right. they got angry with Jesus. Yep. You're going to have both. But that's why you're going to win the world. Right. Is by ripping the mask off the evil one and exposing death and suffering for what it is. Right. Which is something that ultimately is not more powerful than God. But how many of us live our lives as though it is? How many of us live our lives as though we ultimately don't know whether good or evil is going to win out in the end? Right? That's how most of us who are Christians actually live in the world. We don't. Will the culture of death win? Is it going to beat us? Is evil going to to defeat Christianity and God and everything else we we act like we don't know the end of this story right the story has ended Paul already told it It's what is, would you call that part of the story the the restored equilibrium or whatever? Yeah, yeah the new it's equilibrium. the end of the movie, right? We're finding out what happened to each of the remember the Titans players. We already we're, we're there. We've <laughs> arrived at the end It's just still playing itself out, right?
0: Right. Absolutely, but we
1: know how the story ends. Yes, Which, I know I've said that before, and I feel like I say it all the time, but I I need to remind myself constantly, because I fall into such fear all the time over everything. I'm afraid of everything. I think most of us are. Yeah. Because we don't know what's going to happen. Right. And Paul shows us, you know what? Stone me all you want, because I know how the story ends. Yep. So I can take it. Wow.
0: (sighs) Here's where the story ends. (laughs) Nice. Oh, here's where the story ends thanks guys that was awesome to be with you
1: I'm trying to think of who the that was in uh, the
0: sundays by the. it
1: was the, the i wasn't gonna guess the sundays i'll tell yeah. you that right now yeah so but you did
0: yeah god bless you wow i uh i, I thank you scott thank you, you always Peter. you always help me dude <laughs> you know it's like one of those things where like I know I'm. I know I'm paying you to do this. Um.
1: <laughs> that sounds like the definition of an unhealthy relationship. But, <laughs> I know. I know. But please don't talk to me. I, <laughs> uh, I just wanted to say something absurd. No, it's, and, uh, it's but, true though. But,
0: but but like it's just so helpful and so um, and and for it was helpful for Brian. It's helpful for the world and it's really the word of God is rich and alive and mm. we're just servants of the word. Yeah. And like, uh, l- literally, you can have conversations about the scripture passionately and mm. be transformed. And e- even with a little bit of information, the more information you get, which is you guys's mm. job, is to mm. keep getting more information about this, yeah. so that when you look in your soul and you relate to it, you get transformed. Mm. And that's where I am, as I'm really transformed by this man. I'm. I want to risk everything, so I think I'm gonna go do some, um, some parkour. Some parkour <laughs> for for <laughs> Jesus.
1: So. <laughs> That's Thank you for giving me the turn time. To the <laughs> Absolutely. Love you guys. God bless Thank you. See you next week. Bye.